Psalm 142 and verse number 4. We're reading today from the New Living Translation. The psalmist writes, and he writes, and he says, I I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. This morning I want to talk to you right out of my heart this morning. I'm, I'm excited about the message today. I want to talk to you right out of my heart today. I'm using for my subject today a culture of caring, a culture of caring. Father, I thank you today, Father. First of all, I thank you that you cared for me. When no one else cared for me, you cared for me. And God, because that you cared for me, I should care for others. God, I just pray today, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will do your work today. Holy Spirit, I I pray that you will begin to call people today. As I minister, as I preach, as I speak today, God, I just pray that you will begin, Lord, to deal with the heart of the people today as we endeavor to develop a culture of caring. Father, we ask for your help in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, the definition of the word culture, according to the dictionary, is this. A set of predominating attitudes and behaviors that characterize a particular group. Can you say that back to me? Or, as Pastor Sean said in our recent volunteer training, an easier and more simplistic way to define this word culture would simply be to say culture is the way we do things around here. I like that. I'm sure that was original. Culture, in its simplest definition and form is simply to say, well, that's just the way that we do things around here. So in light of that definition, how many would understand that every business has a culture? Every family has a culture. Every team has a culture. And every church has a culture or their particular way of doing things. My desire for this church, say this church. My desire for this church is that we develop a culture of caring. Our mission statement is caring people. Caring for people. It is my desire, it is my aim, it is my goal that everything we do and everything we say and every ministry we have, every single thing about the grace place must have as its foundation, must have as its target, must have as its purpose, must have as its aim to care. If what we are presently doing or what we are thinking we might someday want to do in the future, if it does not have caring as its main target and objective, 
then we shouldn't use up all of our energy on something that will not move us any closer to our target. So this morning I want to ask and I want to endeavor to answer uh, three questions that will help us, I believe, develop a culture of caring. The first question that I'd like to ask this morning is why should we care? Pastor, you say that we ought to care, but, but, but give me some reasons. Pastor, why should we care? Well, let me give you four. We should care, first of all, because the lonely desperately need it. The lonely desperately need it. And, and all of us know that there are a lot of a lot of hurting people in our world. Oh, oh, people that have been that have been totally beaten up by their world. People have wounded them. People have disappointed them. People have lied to them. People have walked away from them. Even David felt the sting of betrayal and deception. He 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 sinks into the very depths of despair and, and he cries out to God and he says, I look for somebody to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me, he said. No one cares a bit what happens to me. David said, God, I'm in trouble and nobody cares. God, I'm at the end of my rope and nobody cares. David said, I I looked around, God. I looked around. Uh, uh, There's just no one uh, who gives a flying flip about me. No one cares about how I'm feeling. Nobody cares about my situation. Have you ever felt that way? Now, now, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. See, see, it wasn't totally true for David. He at least had Jonathan. Amen? I mean, he had a friend that sticketh closer than a brother in Jonathan. I mean, Jonathan, amen, would side with him over his own father. So it's not the fact that it was totally true. What, well, what David was saying was not, was not totally, totally true. Oh, it was just how he was feeling. Oh, he was just venting his feeling that this is the way that I feel. So listen this morning. There might be people that care for you, but you just don't feel it right now. And you want to vent and just say, I don't think anybody gives a rip about my life. May I suggest that David was just expressing the sentiments Far too many. Why should we care? Why should we as the Grace Place develop a culture of uh, caring? Because we've got a world filled with lonely people that are desperately in need of somebody to genuinely care. I love Psalm 68 verse 6 in the New Living Translation. It says, God places the lonely in families. God takes the lonely and he places them in families. I suggest to you that the grace place is a family. 
but not just any family. We are a family who, who cares. We care about your hurt. We care about your pain. We care about your feelings. We care about you. Why should we care? Well, because of the lack of genuine caring. David said in our text today, I look for somebody, anybody, but no one cares. And friend, there really does seem to be a lack of genuine caring in our world today. Oh, if being pregnant isn't convenient, who cares? Who cares about the baby? Just have an abortion. If your elderly parents or grandparents require too much of your time, if they can no longer take care of themselves, who cares? Just lock them away in a nursing home somewhere and forget them. When people get into financial trouble and can't, Pull their own weight. Who cares? Toss them aside. Make them feel like a loser. Why care? Why develop a culture of caring? Because because of the lack of genuine caring. The lack of genuine caring has resulted in an absolute epidemic of need in this area. I suggest to you that if we do develop a culture of caring at the Grace Place. Can I tell you, we will not be able to have enough services. We will not be able to build, be, be able to build enough buildings to contain the people that will come our way because there is such a need for genuine care. And let me help you out a little bit this morning. It's not that we have to solve everybody's problems. Truth of the matter is, the biggest problem usually is the person themselves. We don't have to solve everybody's problems. We don't have to have the answer to every single question. Hi. I love the the, the story of the little girl that came home late from school one day and and her mother chastised her for being late and and her mother asked the little girl uh, for an explanation as to why she was late coming home from school and and she said, well, mama, she said, mama, my little friend's doll broke. Her mom interrupted her and said, oh, I understand, so you, 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 you stopped and helped her fix it? Oh, no, said the little girl. I just sat down with her and helped her cry. Developing a culture of caring doesn't mean that we've got all of the answers. Developing a culture of caring doesn't mean that we can fix everybody's problems. It just means that we are willing to sit down with them and help them. We are just willing to sit down with them and cry. It just means that we will offer them a shoulder to lean upon. It means that we will be there for them. That means that we will support them in their time of trouble and in their time of need. Why should we care? Because the load must be distributed. 
Remember the story in Mark chapter 2? The story of the paralyzed man who was brought to Jesus on a stretcher. And he was healed. Why? Because he had four caring friends. How many understand that one man alone could not have gotten the job done? Two men by themselves probably could not have gotten the job done. The paralyzed man made it to Jesus and he was healed because the load was equally distributed among four caring friends. You see, what you cannot do alone, what I cannot do alone, but together as a team, together, how together we can get a lot of people to Jesus, and together we can get a lot of people healed. If I try and take everybody to Jesus by myself, I'm going to struggle, and I might get one or two or three to Jesus. But oh, if I team up with you and 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 you team up with you and you and you and me and all of us together, how, what can we do for the cause of Christ? How many people can we get to Jesus? Look around, our church is growing. Every Sunday I look out and I say, who are these people? Our church is growing. Every single week, new people come through our doors. Pastor Sean came by me early this morning. He said, a lot of new faces. I said, yeah, I just hope the old faces get here. <laughs> Today, it's not about whether the new faces are going to show up. It's the old faces going to show up. Amen. Our church is growing. Every single week, new people are coming through our doors. Listen, if we truly are going to become caring people, caring for people. We're going to need more people willing to care. More people willing to help us distribute the load of care. Why care? Why develop a culture of caring? Well, number four, because the love must be manifested. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 8 says, all of you, say all of you. All of you should be of one mind. What would have happened those, to that paralytic if all four of the friends would have decided to go all four different directions? They would have pulled the cart the car apart and the man would have fallen on the ground. This is why we've got to develop a culture of caring. This is why we've all got to get on the same page. This is why we all, when you cut us, we've got to bleed the same thing. Because if you're going that way, and you're going that way, and you're going that way, and you're going that way, we're not getting anywhere. But if all of us join together, and all of us take our corner of responsibility, and all of us are going in the same direction, we'll get where Jesus wants us to get. I'm going to buy this CD. Why care? Because the love must be manifest. All of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tender-hearted. And 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4 says, love is patient and love is kind. Why should we care? Why should we develop a culture of caring? Because that's what people that love do. People that genuinely love, that's what they do, is they care. Because to be a Christian means to be Christ-like. And what was Christ-like? 
He was loving, he was kind, he was caring. And he took time for people. My first question today is why should we care? My second question that I want to ask and endeavor to answer is who should we care for? Who should we care for? Now, I've already talked about the fact that our world is filled with hurting people. People that have been wounded, people that have been bruised, people that have been beaten up by the very ones that are supposed to love them the most. Did you know that when somebody's murdered, the first person they look at is the spouse? Every once in a while you can understand that, right? I mean, the last person in the world you ought to look at is that person's mate, but that's the first person they look at. Wounded and bruised and beaten up by the very ones. Molested in the house of the one you put that child in because you trusted them. Luke 4 and 18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He sent me to heal the broken heart and all. Oh, He sent me to set at liberty them that are, are bruised. Oh, oh, I asked you this morning, who is able to get through life without being bruised? Who? Got any bruises? I got a few. Want to swap some more stories? I can swap some with you. How do you get through life without being bruised? Nobody gets through life without being bruised. Who in this room has not been bruised? Here's what I want you to really hear this morning. Not only should we care for the hurting, but we should also care for the healthy. Listen to me. It's not just the hurting that need to be cared for. The healthy are in need of care just as well. Hear me this morning. Listen, listen. The fact is, if the healthy are not cared for, they will become a part of the hurting. And the fact of the matter is, many of the hurting today were a part of the healthy yesterday. Only nobody cared for them. See, the most healthy body will break down and become diseased if it's not properly cared for and maintained. The healthiest, happiest marriage can fall apart and end in divorce if not properly cared for and maintained. The greatest, most powerful ministry can become ineffective and even destroyed Unless there's continual, constant care and attention. See, I'm afraid too often we spend so much of our time on the hurting that we neglect the healthy. 
Are you getting it? See, we just take for granted that, that, the, that, that they're healthy, they've always been healthy, and they'll always be healthy. Maybe the reason they're healthy is because they've been cared for. And once you stop caring for them, they're healthy and become the hurting. I didn't get this sermon out of a Cracker Jack box. Some good stuff. Listen. Here's what I know. People need to know that they're cared for. Sir, your wife needs to know that she's cared for. Well, I told her 30 years ago, I'd love, honor, and cherish her until death do this part. Never changed my mind. She'll be the first to know. Uh-uh, Bubba, ain't getting it. That ain't getting it. People need to know that they're cared for. I'll never forget several years ago, I resigned to church and I left. And the overwhelming support and care for me was like, I mean, it's like I was right under the Trinity. And one lady, man, I mean, she was just bawling her eyes out and just hysteria because I was leaving. And, oh, it would never, her life would never be the same. The church would never be the same. And all of this stuff... And I thought, well, I didn't even know you even liked me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> People need to know. They need to know that they're cared for. People need to know that they are important to someone. See, it doesn't matter if you are hurting or healthy. God placed within the heart of every single individual a desperate need to be loved, to be accepted, and to be cared for. This past Sunday, I wasn't feeling very well. I had pressure in my head. I had a sore throat. I had a, had a low-grade uh, fever. I pushed myself to come to church and preach. I didn't greet my people before or after church, which is absolutely unheard of for me. But I felt that I had just enough in my tank I thought I have just enough that I can push myself and preach, but that's where my limit is. That's all I can do. On Monday, I received three texts. One from a deacon and two from church members. Checking on me. One man wrote in his text, I'm thinking about you, and I'm praying for you. Hey, I'm the pastor. That, that, that's what I do. But I can't tell you how good it made me feel. I even showed one to my wife. I said, look. matter if you're healthy or hurting. I can't tell you how good it made me feel to know that some very busy people were actually thinking about me. It's not even Sunday. (laughs) 
It's Monday, and they have taken their time on a Monday, on a work day, on a busy day for them to let me know that somebody cared for me. Who should we care for? Not just the hurting. Not just those that are obviously struggling and and being knocked around by divorce or disease or the death of somebody close to them. No, no, no. No, the healthy have the very same need as the hurting. Oh, they need to know that someone genuinely cares for them. And let me tell you the truth of the matter is, no matter how healthy someone may appear, everyone has issues. Some have more issues than others. Some have unresolved issues. The problem with most people, it's the same issue they've been dealing with for years. But everybody has issues. Some issues are more intense than others. Oh, oh, some are more evident than others, but everybody has issues. And yes, we should be all about the hurting. We must not put all of our attention on the hurting and overlook the healthy lest they become the hurting of tomorrow. Amen? Amen. Talking about developing a culture of caring. We're not just talking about a mission statement. Ah, you got a cool mission statement. Man, I'm all about cool. That's why I got these young guys working with me. They're cool. I like cool myself. Nothing wrong with cool. (laughs) If it also functions. Some cool don't function. So I'm in place to make sure the cool functions. Let me tell you, we're not just talking about a mission statement that we give lip service to. I'm talking about developing a culture. I'm talking about caring because because what we do around here, who we are around here, why we exist, what we are known for, it's what we do around here. We care. All right, we've talked about why should we care. We've talked about who should we care for. Third question. I'd like to ask and answer today is how should we care for them? And I want to give you three ways that we will care for people and that we do care for people here at the Grace Place. First one is individually. How should we care for people individually? And we should take, as our example, God himself. See, aren't you glad that God didn't just stand up one day and peek over the balcony of heaven down to man and say, Hey, I love you guys down there. Good luck. Hope you make it. No, 
all. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son. That whoever would believe upon him would not have to perish but could have everlasting life. God cared for man by becoming man. He cared for man by taking off the royal robe and putting on the robe of flesh and walking in the sandals of man. How are we going to care for people at the grace place? We're going to care for them individually. Oh, I'm not just going to stand up here on the platform and say, Hey, we love you guys out there. Good luck. Hope you make it. No, we are going to endeavor develop a culture of caring. We're going to endeavor to literally touch every single person who walks through our doors. And since we're developing a culture of caring, it's not just the pastor and the pastoral staff that cares. It's not just the pastor and the pastoral staff that reach out and touch the people. It's our culture. It's what we do around here. We are caring people, caring for people. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells the old story of the shepherd and his hundred sheep. The Bible says one night when the shepherd is bedding down his sheep, oh, he counts only 99 out of the 100 sheep. Oh, what is he going to do? I mean, he he still has 99. No big deal, right? 99 is still a good number. Too bad for that lost one, right? I mean, he should have kept up with the others. Oh, oh, he should not have uh, wandered off. Oh, it's his own fault. Too bad for him, right? No, the shepherd, the Bible says, leaves the 99 safe in the fold. And he goes out into the night and he searches and he searches and he doesn't stop searching until he finds that one that is lost and he takes that one that is lost and he lays it over his shoulder and he carries it back and puts it back in the fold. I suggest God isn't just concerned with the masses. He's also concerned with the messes. Can I tell you there have been a few messes in the last 42 years of ministry that I'd just as soon not mess with? A few of the messes, my life would be a whole lot easier if they did wander off. And some have. But say whatever you want to say about me, I'll tell you one thing you'll have to say, and that is I'm a shepherd. And I'm not just concerned with the masses, I'm also concerned with the messes. And I also understand we're all a mess in our own way. Amen? My aim as the shepherd of this flock is to make sure every individual is cared for. And I can no longer do that by myself. 500 people call this their church. I can't, I can't know everything about 500 people. I can't, I can't touch every 500 people. I can't, I can't have coffee with 500 people. I can't, 
I, 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 can't, I can't do it by myself. I don't have to. Not supposed to. My job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what the Bible says. Not only should we care for them individually, but also intentionally. See, see, care won't be given to people just because I want it to be given to people. Somebody said, well, that pastor gets anything he wants. Well, thank you for thinking that much of me. I could give you a few instances when I didn't. Care won't be given to people just because I want it to be given to people. Care will only be given if we are intentional about it. Well, Pastor, how do, we, how, how do people receive care at the Grace Place? Well, first of all, anyone who is going through a crisis, a crisis, anyone who is going through a crisis will receive care from me personally. Or one of my staff. That is, if we're aware of your crisis, let me tell you something you may not know. God is, is uh, omniscient. How many know what omniscient means? Omniscient means he knows everything. Everything. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. I'm not. I'm not. James 5 and 14 says that if you are that if you need prayer from the elders, say elders, you must call them. Not them call you. Well, I was sick and pastor didn't come. Well, I was in a hospital and pastor didn't come see. Did you call him? You're supposed to know. No, God knows. I'm not God. Amen? Listen to me. Listen, I'm, I'm having a little fun with this, but listen. Calling, calling the elders of the church is a part of the process of releasing your faith. Amen. So if you're in the hospital or if you have lost a family member or you're going through a genuine crisis and I'm sorry you lost your dog, but it's not a crisis. It is for you, I understand. I've been, oh, I've got my, I shouldn't have said that. If you lost your donkey, if you lost your donkey. Some of you love your dogs more than you love your kids, amen. That lady in my church in Midland told me she did. So forget I said dogs, all right? Let me just say, if you're going through a genuine crisis, call the church. Amen. When I called, nobody answered. We got an answering machine and we listened to the answer, to the recordings. I'm going to tell you something. Somebody's in my office pouring their heart out to me. I'm not answering the phone. Amen. I'm saying if it's important, they'll leave me a message and I'll call them back. Yes. Okay? Amen. I might be in my inner office. Call the bathroom. The older I get, the more I go there. <laughs> if you're in the hospital,
hospital or you've lost a family member or going through a genuine crisis, call the church if nobody answers it at the church because we're not here 24-7. Had a man one time wanted to chew me out, and so he called the church at 6 in the morning knowing I wouldn't be here and left me a chew-out message. Call the church, call me, call a staff member because we want to know about it. We want to pray for you. We want to care for you. We want to be there for you, but we can't if we don't know about it. Another way that we're intentional about caring here at the Grace Place is through a ministry we call the Care Ministry Network. And through this ministry, our people are intentionally cared for. The directors of this lay-led, lay-driven ministry are Ricky and Patty Moffat. Would you stand this morning and just, just turn around. Let the people see who you are this morning. We also have assistant directors for this ministry. They're Mark and Sandy Knowles. And pray for them. They're on a foliage tour in New Hampshire. It's sad. It's hard to... That's such a burden, don't they? Now, listen, I don't have time to walk you through the ministry today, but, but let me just say a, a few things about the, about the care ministry. We have in this ministry what we call care ministers. Care ministers. And these are people who attend this church who have been trained to care for people. And each care minister is assigned anywhere between five and eight families to care for. And these care ministers, they don't take my place. They don't take the place of of my staff. Rather, they are an extension and a representative of us. And their job is simply to give consistent care. See, we are at a place in our church, the size of our church, when all I can give is crisis care. I just go from crisis to crisis to crisis. Somebody say, well, pastor hadn't been to my house this week. Say, well, thank God you're not in a crisis. Because we're at a point, all I can do is do crisis care. But we need more than crisis care. We need consistent care. And because I care for you, I'm not content to just let you get crisis care. And the only time you're cared for is if you're going through a divorce or you're going through a death with a loved one or you're going through a a disease or whatever, then you get my attention. I'm not good with that. I want everybody in the church to be cared for on a continual basis. These care ministers, their job is simply to give consistent care and attention to the, uh, to the families who have been assigned to them. They're not counselors. They're not problem solvers. They simply care for the people they have been assigned. Now, let me tell you, although they're not counselors, they're not problems, that's not, that, they counsel they solve problems. What a blessing they are. But that's not their main job. And to be perfectly honest, how many believe pastors usually perfectly honest? 
to be perfectly honest, we have some absolute superstars as care ministers. And we have some that need to pick up their game a little bit. I mean, no, you can't care for somebody if you're not at church. It's hard to care for somebody when you're here half the time. Just saying. See why this is a lay-led ministry? They're so much nicer than I am. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, Ricky, because I may have the wrong statistic now, but currently we have about 75 to 80% of our people covered with a care minister. The object of this message today is to recruit some more potential care ministers for this incredible ministry. If you love people, if you have the ability to genuinely care, oh, we would love to talk to you about the possibility of you serving as a care minister. All right, I've got to hurry. How should, we, how should we care for people individually, intentionally? And number three, intelligently. See, if you agree to become a care minister or you agree to at least uh, talk about it, we will teach you, we will train you, we will take you by the hand, we will lead you step by step, we will give you a manual, we'll tell you what to do, we'll tell you how to do it, we'll tell you what to say, we'll tell you what not to say, tell you what to do, tell you what not to do. All you got to do is just genuinely love people and be able to follow instructions, simple instructions. It's not rocket science. Anyone that can genuinely care can be a part of this incredible ministry. And I want to tell you this morning that the Care Ministry Network is an absolute essential to the grace place if we're going to develop a culture of caring. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to call some people to become care ministers at the Grace Place. Will you search your heart today? Will you search your heart today? Will you just see if maybe, just maybe God might be calling you? Say, Pastor, how? What I know if God is calling me, well, first of all, do you have a desire to do it? That's your first clue. If you've got a desire to do it, that's enough to get started. Come. Get qualified. Get taught. Get equipped. Can I tell you this morning, this is a very rewarding ministry. And let me tell you that there's a lot of people today need something that's rewarding. Because you're not rewarded anywhere else. I mean, you know, you push papers at work or you push buttons or you do something day in and day out and day in and day out and you wonder where the significance is and you wonder where your purpose is and you wonder where the fulfillment is. There's very little reward other than the check that you get when you look at it and Uncle Sam gets his. There's not a whole lot of reward left. 
can promise you one thing about the care ministry. If you genuinely do it and you genuinely care, it'll be one of the most rewarding things you'll ever do in your life. I've told you this statistic before, but nine out of ten pastors who start in ministry do not end in ministry. Today is my ministry anniversary. Today. It was October the 20th. Today's the 19th, but it was October the 20th, 1972. My wife and I were elected in our first little church. Can I tell you why I'm still standing here today after 42 years? Because it's one of the most rewarding things. Oh, there's a bunch of junk. It ain't all pastor appreciation, sleeping late and eating fried chicken. <laughs> but it's one of the most rewarding things in the world. Two days ago, I walked into the nursing home. Walked in and sat down. One of our old lifetime, old time Bethel members. He's 90 years old. He sat there in his wheelchair. When I walked in his room, his head was down. He's 90 years old. His wife of 65 years died a few years ago. His oldest son, who lived just a few miles from here, who did a pretty good job of taking care of him, died a couple of years ago. Two other children, they live in other cities, and they seldom, seldom come to see him. I walked into that nursing home room with that 90-year-old man sitting in his wheelchair slumped over. I kid you not, when he lifted his head and he saw it was me, his eyes got about that big around. His smile went from this ear to that ear. He perked up. And he said, Pastor, it's so good to see you. What can a 90-year-old man who's run out of gas Neglected by his family in a nursing home, what can he do for the grace place? Nothing. I will tell you, he can do something for me. Because when I saw all the look on his face, and I had other places I could go, and I had other things that I could do. And I'm no saint, and I mess up sometimes, and I miss the mark sometimes, but I try. I try once a month to get over there and see that old man. But for me, it's for him. Because I know I've just made his day. Amen. And I don't make all of your day all the time. And I tell you, if you'll become part of his culture of caring, it'll be one of the most rewarding things we'll ever do. Get the ushers or the musicians and singers back this morning.
Finally, let me tell you this morning. The care ministry is not a program. It is not a program. Programs come and programs go. The care ministry is a huge part of our DNA. We are developing a culture of caring. Caring. It's just what we do around here. Would you stand with me this morning? Musicians play very, very quietly this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you today, Lord, not for some sermon that has been delivered today, but a message. A message. true message. A message for us in this church. God, I pray today that you will indeed call Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you will call. 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 Holy Spirit, you will call. You will call people into this incredible ministry. Can I tell you that one of these days I'm not going to be your pastor? Don't cheer, please. One of these days, I'm no longer going to be your pastor. Let me tell you what my heart's desire is. That long after you forget the sermons that I preached, long after you forget the buildings that we built while I was your Long after you forget how good looking I am and how humble I am. Honestly, I want you to remember. I remember that he loved us. I remembered he cared. And I tell you, long after people will forget a lot of things in your life, you genuinely love them, you genuinely care for them. They'll never forget. They'll never forget. They'll never forget. Genuinely love them. Genuinely care. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed real quickly this morning all over this room today. I'm a little over time, but just bear with me, please. Hang with me. And maybe you're in this room today, you'd lift your hand and you would say, you know what, I just need to know. I just need to know somebody cares. I've just kind of been wondering lately, does anybody even care? Does anybody notice me? Anybody care? Anybody even, even care about? I, need to, I just need to know today somebody cares. Can I see your hand all over this room? 
Thank you. God bless you in the back. You can put your hand down now. How many others? God bless you. Put your hand down now. How many others? Just wave at me. Wave at me this morning too. Put your hand. How many in this room today, you'd lift your hand up and say, you know what, I think I could probably do a better job of caring. Maybe you would say, you know what, I'm pretty good at caring for those that are destitute, those that are hurting, but I could do a lot better job caring for those who seemingly are healthy and whole. I could do a better job caring for them. Can I see your hand? Come over this room. Can we come to the front this morning, please? Come to the front this morning. Everyone coming to the front this morning. Ricky and Patty, I want you to go ahead and go to the back this morning. I don't want you to miss anybody, but we're going to have a time of, of healing around this altar today, a time of letting the Lord care for us today and love on us today. But as you leave this room here in just a few moments after you're dismissed, Ricky and Patty Moffitt, our care ministry directors, will be at a table out there in the foyer. If you have even the slightest interest in perhaps maybe becoming or just knowing a little bit more about the care ministry, I want you to go by their table, talk to them, leave them information. They can follow up with you and in a few weeks, they're going to begin to uh, teach and train and develop new care ministers. They're going to do it on Wednesday night doing our, during our cultivation classes. This will give a few weeks for them to see who's interested and see how many to prepare for and get ready. And it just works good with our schedule going forward. So if you're interested at all, go by and see them get more information or just let them know you're thinking about it or praying for them or, or praying for it or about it or, or whatever. Just make, just touch them, touch, make uh, contact with them this morning. Amen. Father, I just pray today, Father, Lord, for those that lifted their hand today, Lord, they, or they just wondered, does anybody care? Does anybody really, really care? David said, nobody cared. I looked around, nobody cares. Well, David, you didn't look far enough because Jonathan cared for you. He cared for you so much that, that, that he, even, he even sided with you over his own father. But that's how you felt. And so often, when we say nobody cares, there are people that care. And most of the time, we know it. We just kind of feel sorry for ourselves. And we've all been there. I'm not throwing stones. We've all been there. God, may we realize, Lord, that even though maybe we might get to that point when nobody does care, but God, you always care. And God, your word says that we can cast our care upon you because you care for us. God, I pray, Lord, that you will bless those today and minister to those, Father, who are going through difficulty today. God, I thank you, Lord, for our incredible care ministry, Father. Thank you for our directors and assistant directors who are working hard and working diligently, Father. Lord, who, who, who have a passion for this ministry. Thank you for every care minister. Some are doing better than others, but all are doing uh, something. And we thank you, Father. Doing something is better than not doing anything. God, I pray for those that are doing an incredible job. They'll continue, Lord. Those that are kind of lagging a little bit, Father, I pray, Lord, that you will light a fire under them, Father, and give them a, a passion for this ministry, Lord, and revitalize and revive, Lord, this in their heart. And God, I pray, Lord, that there will be people today, Lord, that you will raise up, even in this service this morning, Father, that they, Lord, will develop, Lord, uh, a desire to be a part of this incredible ministry. 
God, I pray that caring people, caring for people will be more than just a, 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 a mission statement or vision statement. God, I pray it will be who we are. It will become our culture. It'll just be what we do around here. And we believe you for it and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name.